Good people and fellow students, welcome to another episode of All That Yaz. Today we have one of the sonic trailblazers of the new age, an all-encompassing creative who is a performing artist, producer, audio engineer, and even a visual artist. As a producer and engineer, his works have covered pop, R&B, hip-hop, and a lot in between for artists like Francis J, Benzo, Tron Pyre, and Tato Soul, including having engineered the chart-topping mixtape, If You Know, You Know. For avid listeners of this podcast, he's also the producer and artist behind Energy, which is one of the two instrumental themes that we have used on the show on every single episode. It's one of my favorite pop songs of probably last year. I consider this man a friend and inspiration. I'm talking about the one and only physique. How are you doing, sir? Hey, shout out. I'm doing amazing. Thanks. How are you doing, man? I'm cool. I'm cool. How is this period of life treating you? How is having a number one behind your back? treating you it's a pretty weird feeling right because as soon as it dropped like there were so many other things that you had to get into mm-hmm. that you didn't really actually sit and enjoy you know what i mean so have you taken time to actually sit with the fact that you have a number one i feel like i haven't because that's a big moment but it's like i feel like if i sit too long on it i'm gonna become too fixed on that moment in time it's good to appreciate those things but then it's also good to continue moving forward i hear you but i also think that sometimes we don't take enough time because i hear your argument but sometimes we don't even take enough time to realize what we've done because for even myself it took me a while to realize that i had done top 10 movies that were watched by like hundreds and thousands of people it only dawned on me like three years later and i was like Oh, I really should have taken a little bit more time <laughs> to sit with that moment <laughs> yeah. when it happened. So I do urge you as we go on, because I'm going to gas you about that a little bit more. So this is the time to, to also sit with Ezekiel Danton, number one audio engineer. Nah? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. So for the people who uh, this may be the first time hearing about you, can you give us like a quick intro of like who you are and part of like the part of the story that I may have not introduced in terms of how you got into music, how you got, how did you get into music? Um, how, how this journey for you all began? Well, I'm physique, audio engineer, producer, singer, songwriter, rapper, all of the above. But now I got into music like grade seven, eight, and then I was just producing for a long time. And it, all, it was only in college when I went to actually go study sound engineering. It was in college where I actually met most of the people who I'm working with right now. So that's where I met Francis. We went to the same school. He introduced me to Tato and Tron. It was like that whole little section of my life really made today possible. But what was that? So, for example, I remember when I was a kid, um, because I do a lot of things, but I remember the thing that kind of got me into wanting to get into the entertainment industry was actually music videos, because I used to think that people in music videos were magicians. At five, I was watching like Janet Jackson's All For You music video, and she would dance and she'd had choreography, but she would be dancing the exact same choreography and then the backgrounds would change and her outfits would change. So I thought that she was like 
as a five, six-year-old, I thought that, you know, she was, this was all happening live. I didn't know that there was a take, and then there was another take, and then there was another take, a different location, this, this, that. I thought it was all happening all at once. So I was like, you know what? I want to be part of that magic. And that was what I remember after seeing music videos, I was like, yes, I want to do music, I want to do film. And this is like, this is the world I want to play. I want to learn how to make that type of magic. So what was it for you? You have a holistic experience within music. A lot of people that I, I know more so are front-facing artists in terms of being songwriters and being performing artists. But a key genesis of you has got to do with uh, like the engineering side of things. So what was it that kind of got you ticking from that perspective? The first thing, the thing that really got me into this, you know the song um, Mr. Me Too by um, Clips and Pharrell? I heard the beat and this beat, it was like more simple, but that's, this beat was amazing. At the time, I thought this was the best thing I had ever heard. Mm. And then you start diving deeper into uh, Pharrell's production catalog with Chad Hugo, you know, them as the Neptunes. They're like, dang, this is crazy. And then you hear Kanye West. After I heard Kanye West, specifically Graduation, I think for me the main thing was at the time how different it sounded. You'd have a song like Good Morning, which is which is for me top two Kanye songs ever made. And then you have a song like I Wonder, Can't Tell Me Nothing, just the whole sonics of how he can make different moods and different feelings work so well together on an album. Yeah. But I still think, I still think... Uh, 808s is his best album for me for me why is it his best album for you i remember vh1 storytellers so i was watching one of those the kanye west one and i actually cried like i literally cried watching this man perform that music and i was like what it hit you that this deep. is it hit me that deep i was literally crying and i was like dang this man is amazing like this man is amazing and say what you want to say as divisive as that album is, we're now living in 2021. We have seen the effects and how that album has completely changed the course of music. So now I want to know um, from you, a great part of what you do is kind of engineering and the art of engineering. And this is a conversation I've never had. And also I don't see enough of what is the art of engineering and what is that specific world about? I'll start with how I got into it. In college, um, there was a subject called studio sound engineering for the third years where it really dives deep into that. Mm. And to be honest with you, I did not want to do it. I did not want to be an engineer at all. Why? I always saw myself as like just a producer or just an artist, you know, so I did not want to do it. But then they were like, yo, third year, you don't have exams for sound engineering. So I took the subject, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> man's careers has been guided by the fact that there were no exams in the course i love I, I love a good genesis story yes i resonate with that deeply <laughs> so like i think my understanding of it from first and second year was these strict guidelines but in yeah. the third year it became more like looking at it as taking this idea this vision that an artist may have and preparing it for other ears to hear. So now I'm curious, who are some of your favorite audio engineers and what are some of the works that they've worked on? I'll say for me, it'll be people like Jason Joshua. Yeah, he did the mix for Despacito and like French Montana's Unforgettable, Tiana Taylor's latest album, Bryson Tiller's latest album. 
Uh, another one is Leslie Breathwaite. He does Cardi B stuff. He's done some Uzi stuff. Another guy, Mike Bosey. He's a mastering engineer. Uh, he's done a lot of Kendrick, SZA. He does Post Malone stuff. And then for me, the old, my all-time favorite, Mixed by Ali. Yeah, he does. He does the majority of TDE's releases. So you can ah, that's what your J Rocks. I'm also forgetting one. Mike Dean. We can't forget Mike Dean. Travis Scott, Kanye West. He did Culture too by Migos. So like, yeah, Mike Dean, crazy, but still for me, mixed by Ali. My that's my goat. That's your. You'd say those are your kind of main inspirations. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm curious to understand from you, because now since you are on the back end of music, what is it like navigating relationships when you're not on the front facing end of music? I'll say luckily for me, I work with a lot of people who are actually more friends. So it's it's more like taking that relationship and it's moved into the music field. But I also say sometimes, like, let's say with Tato. With Tato, we started working a few years ago on his first project. I barely knew him. So how did that uh, How it, did that relationship start with you and Tato? I don't know if you know a song called New West. I met him on campus while Francis was recording him for that song. The year after that, Francis had left the school and Tato needed a place to record. And at the time, I thought he was just coming in for one session. I was, like, done recording rappers. I was done. <laughs> Why were you done recording rappers? Let's just say a lot of the rappers I was recording, you know, they'd come into studio heavy on narcotics. And it was just, they were not respectful or professional in the setting that we were in. So yeah, I thought, okay, we cool. We record the first song for the project. I'm thinking it's just one song. We're going to be done and that's it. And then homie's like, okay, so I'll see you next week. Um, <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> I'm like what <laughs> At the time I just ran with it I was like alright cool let's go And then we record more We record more Oh, Next thing we have a project And then he's like okay cool you wanna mix it And at the time I hadn't really Mixed a project where I Really knew what I was doing I was still learning I am still learning now But at the time it was even worse I was like okay I'll mix it But I'm not sure if that's going to be what you want in the end. And then he likes the mixes. And I'm like, but you're going to need someone else to master. Because I don't know how to master. Like, for real, for real. Quickly, what is the difference between mixing and mastering? Mixing is taking those raw ideas and cleaning them up, making them work together. Making all the elements of a song work together. Mastering is taking that, bringing that more to life. Like bring up the level to make it loud enough for to compete with other songs one. And like, you know, just being able like, you know, the feeling where you play a song, you don't want it to go too soft yeah. from the song you're playing. Yes. So mixes are generally softer. It's bringing all the little elements all together. Mastering is taking that final product of all those elements together and bringing everything to life. I, so now we're back to the Tata Soul story. So like, yeah, I was like, I don't know how to master for real, for real. You should probably get someone else. He's like, nah, just just try it, right? I'm like, all right, cool. I tried. Like my whole little self-taught thing happening there. YouTube videos a lot for the mastering side. We master it. He likes it. We put it out. Well, our kids is doing pretty good. The year after that was last year, actually. So now you're talking about for God's sake. 
yeah for god's sake during that time after for god's sake before working on um members only yeah he sent me some songs he had done he had recorded before i met him mix and master those like the singles mercy rap for me Mercy is you know, actually, I think, in my top five favorite Tata Soul songs for me personally, just on how it makes me feel. Yeah? Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> strongly in my top five. I like banger Tata Soul. Like, that's my favorite personally. Like, as a, as, as a, I shouldn't say a critic, but as a reviewer, there are other elements that I draw to more in terms of appreciating the storytelling. But on a core level, that's, that's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nah, I feel you. I feel you. My favorite style from him is more on the, more on the diving deep. Yeah, when 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 he's making you cry. Yeah. Well, like sometimes, sometimes you know when he's just like rapping. You know what I mean? Or even sometimes the more singery songs, like um, "Hold Me Down" on "For God's Sake." I think that was my that's my favorite song on "For God's Sake." And he he does sing. Well, he's his his mixing of singing and his actual singing is actually quite dope in terms of across most of the rappers like his harmonies i'm just like yeah these are these are dope harmonies i'm here for what he's giving and you see with a thing like that when we're recording a lot of his his more singery stuff it came from a place where i like recording singers myself i like singing sometimes so I, I was recording it from a point of that so when he'd be singing i'd be like why don't we try to do this why don't we try to do that because if we're being honest for real, for real, homie can sing way better than a lot of other people who are quote unquote singers. I can believe and that. I, Actually, I genuinely can believe that because there's yeah. some high harmonies that he's done. And I'm like, if you're sustaining up there, you're holding back on how much you can actually sing because you're singing, singing. Because <laughs> the level, the layers of harmonies that he does are, it's more than just using your like general register of your talking voice, which is where most like, singer rappers kind of stay with him it doesn't yeah. feel like that it feels like like he can hold his own properly to kind of get the message that he wants and the thing that he wants to do so actually i would like to hear him just i'm not sure if he'll ever do it but just do a full-on show us what those vocals can do <laughs> <laughs> you never know eh you never know we'll see we'll see but yes back we'll to see. the 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 journey so you're now doing for god's sake and for god's sake you're you're done mercy and now this after for god's sake before yeah. members only yeah so after yeah. god's sake mercy and ride ride with me is it ride with me ride for me ride for me okay let's say the members only album right he had done the original members only album before i had met him there was an original members only there was, because I remember when I first heard of Tatsu, and I think I even wrote this in my article, I first heard of him around September of 2018. I'd written an article on Tron Pyre. I'd done one on Francis J, then I'd done one on Tron Pyre. And now when I got on when I got into Tron Pyre's radar, after I'd finished writing on him, literally on Twitter, most of the other musicians who are not from the Pretoria crew, who I didn't know at that time, all, all had like members only um, on their titles. So it felt like they were building up to a members only thing. So I was like, what is this members only? What, what? So I thought it was dropping then and then it got pushed back. So when For God's Sake happened, I was like, is this what was members only? And then they changed the title. Then members only came came back again in 2020. So yeah, I, I do remember uh, 
members only being a thing and he was working towards it around 2018 yeah so he was working on that and i i don't know really what happened towards the end but i know with for god's sake he wanted to start a whole new project so for god's sake was a whole new project and then we came back 2020 he wants to do this members only album but he wants to do new songs but like the concept still there still stays the same still stays the same so i'm sure th- those songs are still there somewhere you never know what will happen with them but like yeah he came he's like new concept new music and we had to record in weird places because you know it was the whole that's when the whole uh lockdown was yeah super, i heard on this five active. five fm interview you guys were recording in boardrooms you guys were recording and you're recording anywhere you where you could find space that was quiet enough to actually get what you needed to get yeah, it was crazy because here at my complex, they weren't allowing any visitors. So we had, to, we had to find spots. My cousin let me use her company's boardroom there. We recorded most of the project there in this little boardroom in an office park in Midrand. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the optics don't make sense, but I love that the optics don't make sense because it, it feels like the real, like real hustling in terms of just making sure that you can get what you need to get. As well, I'm I'm a big advocate on like use what you have because I'm sure most people will say not the best place to record. There's no proper soundproofing or anything you hear, but you got to use what you got to use what you have. And I've heard from some people and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but even if it doesn't, you don't have that specific places which may not seem perfect can still give the recording a different type of character than you would have initially had, had it been within a perfect setting. Yeah, I think it almost, it almost made the album better. Go into that. So shout out to Beethoven. He's an amazing producer. On members only, Beethoven was the main producer. He produced most of the songs. And then we had Zaro as well. He produced on there and myself. Yeah. So now the sound is so hood and like grungy feeling. It is. You know what I mean? But in in hip hop. So a lot of those sounds and elements within the beats made it sound like you can build the picture of the streets in Pretoria West. Mm. So now the sound element, I think if it was way too perfect of recordings and way too clean, because I honestly believe we had way cleaner record, cleaner vocal takes when we're recording for God's sake in the studio, but members only had the better takes for me, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's just all those elements coming together. It really made the project like a beautiful listen for the project that it is. So now I'm curious to, to to see because you've you've done you've engineered hundreds of songs, right? What are your top three favorite songs that you've engineered that are out? Uh, my top three, okay, I'll say at number three, I'd probably say um, "Feel" by Francis. It's crazy because with Francis, he's never afraid to you know keep adding elements to his song. I know for a lot of artists, if they send you stems and there's like 120 stems on you, a lot of engineers will feel a certain way about it. But like just with Francis, there's just a lot of stuff happening in the instrumental itself that you just can't help it. I know that I may seem impatient, but I just don't know where we stand. But baby, please don't keep me waiting when time is over. 
From the original, there's so many elements that just upgraded and changed during the mix process. You know, it was a whole little new, different, let's say music style that I hadn't, I hadn't really touched. And it's quite cinematic, like just in general, it's very, it's very ethereal. Yeah, I think that, I think for me, that process was the most fun. That's your number three. What's your number two? My number two, I'll say Pelly Politics and Passion. Recording that song, it was intense. Going from this one and a half minute loop that Beethoven had produced to the whole final song, it was the first song where really I was bringing in other musicians not for myself. I had my homie Martin play the guitar at the end of there. That was a whole moment. People need to go listen to that song. Even when you don't understand what he's saying, you feel it. But that song is just a... For me, it was one of the stamps that kind of just shows what Tato can look like at his peak. You've given me two of my favorite songs, so I'm very curious as to what you know. You've been giving heavy hitters. What is what is this number one? So number three was Francis, Francis J and John Coltman Feel, Two Pelly Politics and Passion Tattoo Soul, and your favorite song that you've ever engineered that is out currently. My favorite song that I've engineered, I'd probably have to say it's No by myself. You are, it seems, a man of many skills. A rare combination. I think that was the first mix and master that I had done that I was actually proud of, like first ever. Oh, so even has like that added sentimental value because you felt like you actually like finally cracked it. Yeah, and just the whole process of that, I produced, mixed and mastered that whole song, wrote in like probably two days.
literally just got i'm not saying you should only do everything in two days i'll just say for me <laughs> you were in the zone you you, you were in the zone so you, you must speak from the zone that you were in yeah i was in the zone i was just feeling it that whole time it did not ever feel like i was ever working but i will say another mention i'd probably i love trust by myself i love the mixing on that that would have been number one but the others just have more more sentimental meaning to me so those are your top three so now we've reached the peak of physique in terms of what his engineering and and stuff is but at the beginning you were talking about um respect because that still goes back to navigating relationships so what are some of the things that you found as pet peeves in terms of being able to work with artists and this doesn't necessarily even have to be pet peeves but just stuff which from your perspective um has kind of made working as an engineer not as easy as, as it should be i think for me the number one thing that makes things very hard when a person is way too high you can do your vices i'm not gonna be against you whatever but sometimes people are too high and they start slurring their words a lot not being able to record a lot spilling drinks is it i, th- I think that's just the thing wait there's drinks by equipment that's the thing they'll bring people and you're like okay they'll just sit at the back and all of a sudden you hear something falling like, ah two liter on the ground that's why I like the people I work with. The people who have who have actually seen Tato come to work and record, he comes sober, he comes focused, he comes super ready. I say for me the best thing is if you come with the clear vision of what you like truly want to do in terms of if you come into me as an engineer. If you have that, then all the other stuff, they don't tend to be as important. I see. But now you're not just an engineer and you have recently made your debut as an executive producer not on your own record what has that journey been like with benzo and what is that journey like looking at things more from a executive producer perspective than for example an engineering perspective i'll say this for the most part i've been doing a more executive role with some people that i'm recording i just didn't think it was an executive role Okay, so then let's peel back what that means. So, for example, what is that realization that you've come to and how did you come to that realization? It actually came with her. So it'll be in like um, positions where like um, an artist is not too sure about what they want to do with the song. They just have some stuff written down. So I'd be there. They'll be like, okay, record this there. Let's do this there. Let's make this part the hook. You know, oh, let's remove that section. Let's add, let's go add guitars. Let's add the string arrangement here. Like stuff like that. Yeah. Producing the song, but not in terms of instrumental. So like adding within the artistic direction. Yeah. 
So I didn't know I was doing that some of the times because, like I said in the beginning, that's why I was down with rappers because a lot of them didn't come with any visions. They just wanted to they just wanted to kind of record, and then they tell you to to just take over and then not like and not give any input. Yeah, but then like once you start working with people who who like respect you and then you have ideas that go back and forth, you know, you realize that okay, some of the stuff I'm doing is actually I'm I'm. I'm producing the song as a whole. With this project, it was really the first time where like um like let's say she's seen what I had what I've been working on. So like she respected me and I think she just she just wanted a bit of input on a lot of the songs. This whole process is crazy. I met I met her at the beginning of this month. Wait, what? We're talking about July. Okay, so Take us through the actual workings of this album. How many songs? Because I know, for example, with some mixtapes, people can record like 30 songs to only use seven or eight. Or people can, I know other artists record exactly what they're going to use and don't have much within the, the bank. So what was the process like with this one? I'm hope I'm assuming that the song should be should be 11 songs when it comes out. You're right? assuming, yes. We we don't know what's gonna happen till then, even though it's coming it's coming out now now like yes. re, like like ne- like August. We recorded the songs that were needed. You know what I mean. We had intended to maybe record more for the project, but it was just a factor of time. When they came to me, they had been in so many situations that took up a lot of their time, situations mm-hmm. that didn't work out. Yeah. So then now, by the time they came to me, they had deadlines with the distribution. Well, like, very close to deadline. And I also have to say, uh, shout out to her. Like, it was, it's surprising at how fast she can come up with the record. Okay. What I want to know from you, um, how is it that you approach song making and actually songwriting? I've seen multiple ways in which people approach music. I've seen writers who first write the lyrics and then find a way to make those lyrics fit to whatever song that they're on. You can find recordings of like pop singers, usually more pop singers. I think I've seen this more with where you find like Katy Perry or even Lil Nas X mumbling specific rhythms that they're hearing or specific melodies that they're hearing and those melodies are nonsensical and then putting words onto them afterwards so how is it that you when you're making songs what is your approach like to music in the beginning I used to like write down all the lyrics when I first started but the music I was making was trash (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when you say yeah. it's trash is this you being hard on yourself or is this no 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 like, like for, for real for real it was trash for real for real i think the main thing was as i'm producing a beat and i know i know most producers most producers freestyle as they producing beats so now i'm producing a beat and i'd be freestyling for an hour and a half and then i don't remember any of that freestyle now i start writing and i get too tired fast and I start writing nonsense. So I'm like, okay, now once I get a general melodic idea for a beat, I freestyle over that general idea before I build the drums. Like I just freestyle the rhythm and the melody because that come, I, I feel like that comes naturally out of your body when you hear, or when I hear my the instrumental. So I just like mm. freestyle. So in the past, I used to like freestyle for 15 minutes to get two to three minutes of an actual song. 
But like nowadays, because I used to, I do that freestyling thing so often, I'll arrange the whole song and then I'll say, okay, this part is a verse. And then I'll freestyle something for the verse real quick. And then most of it will be mumbling, but I'll get some words, but most of it will be mumbling. But the rhythm and the tone and the flow is there. And then I finish producing the song and then I come back to there. I'm like, okay, this I love this this whole rhythm flow melody. Let me just put proper words to it. So you have a more freestyle approach. So freestyle, then once you've gotten the melody that you like, then let's put these words on. Yeah, like I saw Lil Nas X posted on Twitter and how they did the industry, baby. Yes, that's that's that when I was talking about Lil Nas X, that's the yeah. one I was talking about. Because he's like, da, da, a. Da, da. Yeah. the only part that actually stuck was the A and throw it back, A, throw it back, A. Those are literally the only parts that stuck from the original. And then there's even one of Katy Perry, I think she was singing Last Friday Night. There was no discernible word. That was yeah. there. It was just like there was no words. So yeah. then, but you could hear that every every note you're like, okay, so she's now going to make this very specifically syllabic to fit the words have those syllables have to fit whatever those rhythms are because it's that stringent. But you're like, you're still there dancing, you know what song she's singing. Yeah, so like that's basically how a lot of my songs start out. It'll be that super mumbling. Sometimes I'm not even saying proper words. And then you work on that because nine times out of 10, when you freestyling that first time, it's what your body is telling you. This is what should be naturally on the song. But I do get that that's not for everybody, just for me. What do you think that specific approach opens to you? I'll say um, for me, I look at the instrumental as the most important important part of a song and then how you a person performs on the song the second and then the lyrics third you know what i mean so even when i listen to a new album i have to listen to it three times to actually like get what this person what the artist was trying to say on the album because the first time you're listening to the feel and the full cohesion of like the the beat i'm guessing I see how everything came out together with the voice and the beat and how it feels yeah i listened to that first and then the second time i'm probably trying to listen to what the engineer did to try and use that in my own stuff you know and then <laughs> creativity is all about stealing <laughs> taking from everywhere <laughs> it is because like you learn a lot from the from what what you hear and you're like damn okay what he did with the reverb there oh snap if i try it you know that type of stuff and then the third time i'll like either have the sync lyrics on or i'll go on genius to actually follow along like that so yeah. it's like is for me for me lyrics are still important but they like the third most important thing about a song so now with all of that when are we getting new music sir <laughs> i think before this year is over you'll get a few songs from me before this year is over and overallly, what is, let's say in five years time, what is the yeah. ideal vision for physique in a perfect world? I know I want to see people from my city, from Pretoria. I want to, I want to bring up more people who, let's say, want to engineer. Because I know sometimes if you're not all rounded, you might not be able to get the opportunities in South Africa. 
as an engineer, especially in hip hop, nine times out of 10, a rapper's engineer is the producer. Mm. So I think I want to bring more people there. And honestly, I just want to also become like a performing artist, more of a performing artist myself, you know? But like, I swear I've, I've never really seen a superstar act from our side that does everything himself like on a major level see i i cannot comment purely because i don't know enough about the engineering side of things to be able to give depth to that conversation so i'm gonna take your word for it yeah i just mean like also like in terms of somebody yeah there'll be people who'll be able to produce and engineer their own music but i want to be i want to get to a point where as an engineer I'm a superstar in that community. As a producer, I'm a superstar in that community. And as a performing artist, I'm a superstar in that community. He wants to be the trifecta. I know it's a lot, but I that's no, my vision. I ask, you know? I ask what the vision is. Don't downplay your vision. That's what you want. That's what you're working towards. Yeah, that's honestly my vision. I think also one day I wanna I wanna really see how a project for myself would sound being engineered by someone else just to kind of see what the a, a different interpretation of you would feel like because you've been so involved within your own work um in terms of the work you've produced yourself i've been in a position of doing everything myself for so long that usually for my own music i'm the only person writing i'm the only person producing i'm the only person recording myself i'm the only person engineering yeah. So then now it gets to a point where it's only my ideas that are ever going through. I also want to get to a position where I can collaborate a lot more. There's only ever been one song released that wasn't mixed by me. What song was that? It was on my last project, uh, a song Redemption. It was a homie, Chris. He hit me up on IG. Yeah. He DM'd me. He's like, yo, I'm messing with the music. Can I mix one of your songs? Yeah. And I'm like... I cool at the time redemption was not on my project. I was already done with my project. There was a different song in place of redemption. And I was like, I was done. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> this song will probably release next year. Go crazy. I sent it to him. I'm like, Hmm. Okay. This is cool. I think there were just a few parts where he was editing where the language barrier, where he was editing certain words that needed to have certain emphasis for yeah. the meaning to happen. Other than that, it was, it was like a pretty dope. And I was like, the only reason I decided, because he also sent me a master, but the only reason I decided to master it because I was mastering the rest of the project. So I just wanted that cohesive feeling towards it. Feeling, yeah, towards it. But yeah, shout out to him. He he killed that mix. I won't even lie. He killed that mix. So if there's anyone listening here who is a aspiring musical creative, and they want to understand a little bit more about how to enter this world specifically from a producing, engineering, all the backgrounds with which you come from. What best advice would you give them as to how to start and also how to navigate going through being a all-encompassing creative? I honestly say YouTube is your best friend, hey? YouTube University. YouTube is your best friend because I know, I know a lot of people are not lucky enough like myself to go to a music college. But YouTube, you can get so far off YouTube. There are so many engineers. YouTube and like um, shadowing different musicians, producers, interns, 
and uh, not in- interning for them you know what i mean yeah that type of situation because sometimes the real world real world learning is way better than an actual college like i'll say someone like right now who i really respect as an engineer as well is doshi because he he didn't go to school for this but he's he can get a loud master that knocks you know what i mean and he has for me one of the most imprintable signatures currently within south african actually just within music when a song plays i can intimate that doshi was involved with this in these specific ways and it's not necessarily always just about the beat yeah it's like things like that youtube i'm telling you if you just youtube what you're trying to do you'll get so many people that'll help you out and i'll say the main thing the biggest thing okay wait is, with youtube what are some of the channels that you'd recommend i say if you're an engineer or producer there's mix with the masters they also have like a full service where you can watch the full videos of people actually breaking down mixes you'll get leslie breathwaite breaking down the mix for a cardi b song yeah you'll get mike bosey breaking down the master of humble or sunflower by post malone these songs that you actually know and love they actually breaking down how they did them so i say a channel like that there's a company called waves uh waves audio most producers and engineers know the waves plugins but they have youtube channels where they also throw tutorials up there there's a college in america it's called full sail university they also have breakdowns there on as well another engineer dj swivel he's done lil nas x records bts records um some beyonce he has his own youtube channel where he's breaking down those records yeah so like i think those yeah for me those but does he have one those. on breaking down i care i'm not sure he broke down chain smokers closer he broke down um you know the song uh I believe it's ginger by uh rema yeah he broke that down there's a little nas x record he broke down there as well yeah, but he, you know, he does pretty amazing stuff. And then finally, what, what more in the near future can people expect from you, from your work, if they want to engage with you? Also, how can they engage with you if they want to engage with you a bit further uh, on social media or even professionally? All of that nice mumble jumble that tells us how, how we can best work or engage or just get to know you as physique better. I mean, they can catch me on most uh, social media platforms at Physique, F-E-Z-I-E-K-K. A lot of people forget that second K. I've seen it happen. Even in songs I've produced, people would release and I say produced by Physique and they put 1K. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, they can catch me there. If they want to just talk, they can DM me. I usually re- usually respond, you know. Emphasis is on usually. Yeah. Also, if they want to just shoot me an email, it's, at phys- it's physique at gmail.com, you know. Maybe they'd want to ask me how a mix sounds. They can send that kind of stuff there. What can we consume of you next? As an audio engineer, as a producer, you said an art- as an artist, it's coming at the end of the year. So what's coming next with- within the world of physique? The things I can talk about is this new Benzo album that's dropping this coming month. There's a few other stuff that's happening this year that uh, I cannot publicly talk about. 
but that stuff is sounding amazing i'm sure probably a week or two after this podcast drops they'll be able to see what's happening with some of the stuff we're working on a week or two i'm gonna hold you to that you should me personally (laughs) but yeah just a lot of dope stuff um producing and engineering that will be dropping very soon from artists i believe are amazing thank you so much for giving us just over an hour of your time to kind of take us through the world the art of engineering the back end of music and your journey with it this has been for me a very insightful um, conversation purely because this is also again for me a part of entertainment that i know not as much as i know about all the other things and it's just kind of good to kind of get a clearer picture of how everything is because the more we know the better we can appreciate and from this conversation i've learned to appreciate a lot more about what it is that you do so thank you again for your time thank you very much thank you very much